What? Oh, oh. Shout. One second, please. Hello. Welcome to Designated Driver, where we explore the work and mystique of Adam Driver. I'm Malia. And I'm Liz. And today, we are talking about House, House of, Gucci. of Gucci. Finally. We're so excited. Yeah. Maybe we should start with corrections. Okay, corrections. First one, from What If? Mm-hmm. The girl... One of the main characters. The main girl. Harry Potter's love interest. Her name was Shantry, not Shanty. We got confused at the beginning, but then we self-corrected. Yeah, self-corrected. So that's one thing. Any other corrections? I think that's it. Also that it's set in Toronto, which we also self-corrected. Yeah. we. Yeah. <laughs> By the end of that podcast, we were 100% on track. Yeah. We knew where we were headed. So we saw this one in the theater. I think that is... A rat report right there. Yeah, that's news. Big news. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Recommendation, go at 11.45 in the morning. No one was there. It was our own personal screening room. Wasn't there two other people in there? Or yeah, but they were way at way the, back. the back. Yeah, you couldn't see anyone. And when we were at the Mall of America, where we saw the movie, we checked out the fragrance. What's it called? Hero. We liked it. I had it yeah. in my purse, and so it scented all of my masks that were in there, so then I could really smell it. And I liked it, but the smell evaporates, and then there are these kind of sour... Like an alcohol smell. chemically. I don't know if that would happen if a person was wearing it, if it would like interact differently. I think it would. It was a good, nice fragrance, not too overpowering. And it wasn't cheesy like Axe body spray or anything. It's more like woodsy. Yeah, very woodsy. My husband liked the way it smelled. I think he kind of wants me to buy it for him. Oh, are you going to do it? I mean... Uh, I already got him a present. Well, his birthday. Yeah. It was totally in stock though, Mm -hmm. so... No problems there. But it was kind of exciting, too, when we were there. At first, it wasn't crowded at the mall where we went. Like, it was empty. And then when we left, we went down to this fragrance counter. As we were getting our smells, these two other women walked up. And I think they were there because they like Adam Driver, too. Didn't you say? I said, you like Adam Driver, right? And she was like, yes. Oh, really? I thought they were like, who? Well, I heard that they liked Adam Driver. It was a little Adam Driver fan club. It was bustling. Mm -hmm. It was exciting, but overwhelming. I've been wanting to go back to the mall ever since. There were like a lot of bright lights and there's the amusement park. The stores looked good. Yeah, you were taking pictures. It just felt so momentous to be somewhere. I did want to get out of there, though, by the end because it was crowded and a lot of people same weren't wearing masks and stuff so i also noticed that you are a very neat popcorn eater and i am a very messy popcorn eater (laughs) i used to work at a movie theater and volunteer at one and the thing that you got was free popcorn because i never used to get popcorn at a movie theater because it was too expensive but then i had this way to get free popcorn and there were gallon ice cream containers that you could fill up and so then i just started eating tons of popcorn at the movies and i do feel like something's missing if i'm not eating popcorn but you eat it kernel by kernel, I noticed. I do? Okay. Yeah. And I shovel like a whole bunch into my mouth and some of it falls down on the floor. You were like two-handed. Yeah. I mean, I had some fall down on my sweater, but I neatly picked it off and put it in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it was an exciting time. Definitely. The theater was pretty dead, though. 
It was nice, though. It had a bar in it, and it had, like, wood-fired pizzas. Did you see? Oh, you didn't go to the concession counter. I thought about yeah. getting us wood-fired pizzas, but then I was like, who are we? Yeah, I, yeah you only had $40. So yeah, you and it. had $40 of your money because <laughs> I forgot my purse. It was really fancy. Like, they'd been remodeling the theater this whole time. But I was enraged by the faucets and the yeah. bathroom. It was a Dyson invention. Did the soap come out of the... There's a pump on the side okay, for on the, the soap. side. So then I put my hands under the faucet and hot air blew on them. And so that was really annoying. There were no instructions. Well, there was a little sign. I warned you that it was going to be weird because I had that experience when I went to the bathroom during the movie. So how did you and get I, the water to come out? So for me, I couldn't find the hand dryer. For those of you who go to the B&B cinema or whatever the hell it was called. Yeah. It's like a trough, and there's the water faucet is in the middle, and then the hand dryers are on the side. But it's very hard to tell which one is the water faucet and which one is the hand dryer. Yeah, I couldn't tell, and I just had to – I switched over to a different one, and then I got water to come out. And then I don't know if I ever got air to come out. Why? Just why? I don't know. It's so obnoxious. Someone who got really into the design factor – people they bought into that like just so everyone's gonna get soap on their hands and not be able to wash it off or not be able to dry because i couldn't find the dryer i was able to wash but not dry yeah big fail with that so you know they play the stuff before the movie not the trailers but the sort of ads for did you see the b&b one yeah it had been around for like 100 years there was a lot with like snippets of film flying around it just was really cheesy Mm -hmm. so i don't know what this b&b is i don't either i've never heard of it no me neither but i guess they've been around for a long time you can't tell the difference i mean it was very fancy it was very fancy and like unused it was like we were the first people that ever sat in in those huge seats they were very comfortable. I would do that again. Like go Definitely. again at 11.45. That was fun. Yeah. It was really fun to have the movie theater to ourselves. Yeah. And saw some good previews. I'm really excited about West Side Story. Did we? We didn't see a preview for that, though, did we? I don't know. I think I talked to you about how much I wanted to see it, and I assume that I did that because the preview was on, but it might have just been because I wanted yeah, you to know. making conversation... Are you going to see that in the theater, do you think? I might. Yeah, it got a really, a it got one. some really good reviews. I thought licorice pizza looked good. Yep. Yep. I'm into that. that. We talked about that. We're the target demographic for that. I mean, really, probably younger people are, but yeah. New York Times readers, yeah, for sure. For sure. Anything else about the mall that affected you? I just really liked being in there. Yeah, we had to take we a lot of escalators. Saw a lot of people. We saw a man wearing like a blue velvet hoodie as we were walking in, and I was really into it. You noticed it too. He was standing by oh, his yeah. car. It was purple though, because I thought oh, yeah, it purple. Would, he looked kind of like he had a prince vibe going on. Purple velvet. Yes, and also a Jared Leto vibe. If we want like a transition. <laughs> yeah, let's get in. Yeah. yeah. He was in the movie. Yeah, he was in the movie that we watched. Yeah. Okay. House of Gucci. In Adam Driver news, the Golden Globe nominations came out. Oh, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing for Adam Driver, but Lady Gaga got nominated for House of Gucci and also Marion Cotillard for Annette. No Adam Driver on there. That's His okay. His time has passed. He's not the it guy anymore. Oh, he'll have a moment. He'll come okay. back. Okay. Well, it wasn't going to be for House of Gucci. He did a lot less acting than usually mm-hmm. he does. Mm-hmm. Okay, should we do a little recap? I think you should about... do it this time. Yeah. Okay. House of Gucci, about the Gucci family. Maurizio Gucci is the son of one of the 
founders, like two brothers who founded it, it seemed like. They didn't found it, was but it they a, were the heirs. It was their like oh, grandfather their who founded grandfather. it. Okay. So Maurizio meets Patrizia. They fall in love. She's a commoner. And he's like a elite guy, but he defies his father who says not to marry her. And he gives up his fortune to get married. And he's living as a commoner, but then he does get back into the family, mainly because Patrizia wants him to. And then his father dies and he still has an uncle that's involved in Gucci. Aldo. Yeah, he eventually is in charge of the company. The marriage goes sour, and he wants to be with someone else, so he dismisses Patrizia and won't talk to her. She goes crazy, and she hires someone to kill him. Even though he turned around Gucci, well, he was part of getting Tom Ford in the mix and making Gucci a cool brand again, and they had a big success with the fashion show, then he gets murdered shortly after that. Patrizia gets caught, and also her psychic friend and the two hitmen are all tried, and they all go to prison. So that's the, the recap. All of this is true. So we see Adam Driver. He wore a lot of wigs, we discovered. Yeah, I didn't know it that. It wasn't just his hair dyed. I was completely under the impression that that was his hair. Yeah. I'm going to find the article that I shared with Liz about it. He wore a total of eight wigs sewn by hand, hair by hair, and with natural hair, all made according to the exact measurements of his head. I could not tell he was wearing Mm -hmm. any wigs. I didn't question his hair for a second. So how does this figure into our hair thing? I give five combs to his hairdresser. Yeah, and wig maker. He had a great look, great glasses. All the men wore aviator glasses. I loved it. It started in 1978, Mm -hmm. goes through the 80s, and ends in like 1995, Mm -hmm. I think is when he got murdered. So he was kind of a reserved guy. Mm -hmm. He acted like he didn't care about anything. He rode a bicycle cutely. Mm -hmm. He rode a scooter. Mm-hmm. Also cutely. For a while, he was a garbage man. No. No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> what was I the I just business? shook my finger at Liz what like a teacher. What was the family business when so, he was not being a Gucci? His fiancée, Patrizia, her father ran a trucking company. And so it was trucking, like freight and shipping and stuff like that. So he's wearing a... There's a few cute scenes where he's wearing like a jumpsuit. And it's because... His father disowned him when he decided to marry Patrizia, so he ends up kind of going hat in hands to Patrizia's family, and it's like, I need a job. I'm engaged to your daughter. So they give him a job basically being a trucker, so he's, like, cleaning and maintaining all the trucks. Oh, they were hosing them down so much that I thought they were garbage trucks, and his father mocked the idea of ground transportation and yeah. said, what is it, garbage, you know? I mean, Patrizia wasn't poor. So mm-hmm. in the book, there's this whole part about how her, it's actually her stepfather, but her father buys her, like, oh, she has a white fur coat that she's really proud of. So they're not poor. They're just not classy. Yeah, they're new money. Yeah. They're not in the same class at all. They meet at a party, but I mean, it looked like a nightclub, and Maurizio is just hanging out by himself behind the bar, and she comes up to try to order a drink. She had gone there with another guy, but then she finds out that he's a Gucci, and so she's determined to get him, and so she does. And she dances with him that night, but then he leaves. And then she stalks him. She does some light stalking and finds him at the library where he's studying to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. 
The lawyer thing, I thought, kind of made sense because of his sort of cutthroat nature. Like, he acts really easygoing and nice, but I think it's part of that he's just never the aggressor. He wants someone to come to him because then he always has the upper hand. Patrizio is always just going nuts, like, trying to get him to do stuff. And she was right about a lot of Gucci business, Well, I don't know if she was right or not. She encouraged him to do a lot of stuff that was like stabbing his own family members in the back. And then he did it. And then he kind of blamed her for it. Yes. I would say. And she overstepped. But it seemed like she never had a chance to make up for it. She was always trying so hard to win his love constantly. And he would never give it to her. He was cold. He was stone cold. Yes. There was a really cute scene when he was goofing around with the other mechanics. Yes. Uh, That was the the highlight, I thought. Adam Driver. I thought so, too. Mm -hmm. So cute. He's in, like, his coveralls, driving a lot of cars. He's on a motorcycle. We see a lot of classic Adam Driver bingo moments. Um, He plays soccer. He's playing soccer with those guys. Oh, and rugby, you mean? No, well, he plays soccer at the truck place. Yeah. And then he's playing, yeah, this weird rugby with his family. Yeah, which it just seemed like everyone was just beating each other up. I mean, that's kind of what rugby is. When they, okay. Yeah. When they finally got to go to like the villas and. And they all, I for at one point was like, is their uniform a blue Oxford shirt and khakis? And then I was like, no, that's just how they all dress. But they're all wearing the same outfit. That's how I picture like the Kennedys Mm -hmm. at, and it's probably from a movie or something. Playing touch football or something or. Totally. In Cape Cod. Kennebunkport. All the Gucci's are never paying their taxes. Yeah, they have like a loose relationship with legal affairs. And it's implied, and they go into more detail in the book, that they've expanded quickly because of Aldo, who's played by Al Pacino, who's his uncle. But they haven't really attended to any of the boring paperwork and bureaucracy that you have to attend to when you expand. So they're always getting chased by financial, international, legal affair issues you know i can relate to that on a small scale yeah i had a situation this week where minnesota sales tax sent me a bill for a lot of money for sales tax for my business that i used to have but the business does not exist anymore and we didn't have any sales so i'm like what is this so i called and i think what happened was I stopped filing returns for the sales tax when we didn't have any sales, but I didn't like officially close the account until April, last April. Mm -hmm. So there were two years that were sort of unaccounted for. And so they just made up some numbers based on numbers we'd paid in the past and sent me this like threatening bill and letter. So, I mean, I've had a couple emotional conversations on the phone about this Mm -hmm. and I think they're just going to make it go away are they gonna make it go away they've started a ticket but i'm like you can't just make up a huge bill and send it to somebody they claim that they've sent me a whole bunch of other letters to file but i never got another letter if they did they were probably sent it to some old address of a store that hasn't existed since 2009 so did you channel your inner kylo ren when you had to call the state yeah well the first phone call i was i was just mad and the second phone call, I was talking to this lady and she was kind of motherly and she was, she's like, just stay with me, stay with me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Okay. I know you get it. I know you get it. I'm just upset. (laughs) I know that our accountant 
did some things for us. I never really knew what he did, so I digress. So what you're saying is that you would be like Enzo and Maurizio. Well, I'm not going to pay that tax bill that from the, that fake bill. But I could see how you just wouldn't know the regulations. But if you have all the money in the world, that shouldn't happen. Right. But they also had this Italian like sort of mafia vibe where they're just not going to do that. Mm -hmm. There was this other cousin of Maurizio. Paolo. Paolo. And he was the quote unquote loser of the family. Which Yeah, <laughs> definitely the loser. He was. He had bad hey! Yeah. What he... do you want? Uh... Well, that's Jared Leto's fault. His, like, gotta make the pizza accent. It was like the friend in Titanic. Leonardo DiCaprio's best friend is named Giuseppe, and he's Italian, and he's always like, I gotta make the pizza. He doesn't say make the pizza, but that's Does what he the say, accent. You're like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> that, yeah. like that. Yeah. So that was Jared Leto's take. And there was one close-up where he had, like, a fake neck on. Could you see that? Like, he was kind of chubby. I think he had a lot of fake padding on his body. He did. It was B-A-D, his whole performance, wasn't mm -hmm. it? I thought they didn't have to be so mean to Paolo. I also didn't understand why they had to cast Jared Leto, because there's 8 million men in the world who look like Paolo. Like, why couldn't they cast... Yeah, is it anyone Leto else? Or not Leto? I think it's Leto, okay, but I don't Leto. really know. Yeah, yeah. I have we no can idea. just call him Jordan Catalano if you want. We could, yeah. He's not good in this movie. Is he good in any movie? No, I guess not. Okay, so Jared Leto, aka Jordan Catalano, bad. He was trying to be a fashion designer. I thought his drawings looked pretty nice. They were making fun of him for wanting to have a lot of pinks and brown. Yeah, that's not a good color combination. I don't think it's that bad. It could be good. You're the designer. It depends on the shades of it. He ended up dying in poverty. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's his own fault. Because I'm sure, like, when he would sell his shares, it would be, like, $100 million or something. And he just squandered it away. Yes. Also, it seems like they have all the money in the world to have advisors, but they never listen to their advisors. I really like Aldo, though. And Al Pacino is an A-plus, I think. I thought he was good. I loved him. Yeah, he was nice. He was really nice to Patrizia. He wasn't a snob. No, and he all. was business-minded. Yeah. He cared about expanding the business in a way that Maurizio and Patrizia didn't understand even. Like, he didn't mind selling little knickknacks. He didn't mind sucking up to the Japanese tourists. He knew that was how to keep the business afloat and that they were, like, too snooty about that. Well, you know? And I got the impression that he was actually making the counterfeits. Maybe, or had a relationship with the companies that were. Yeah, yeah, because he's like, they're not fakes, they're replicas. Yeah. And then they referred to that uh, Maurizio shut that down or shut down the trinkets, but that was causing a lot of financial mm -hmm. problems. And okay, so then there was the guy in the background Domenico, Domenico. de Soleil. And he was kind of the secret bad guy that was uh, an advisor to Rudolfo and eventually ends up taking over the business from the Gucci's. In the book, mm -hmm. I don't want to be that guy, but actually I think this is how he seems in the movie too. He's just a straightforward lawyer and he's just trying to make the best he's a decisions. Lawyer? Yes, okay, he's trying okay. to make the best decisions for the family and they don't listen to him. 
and he ends up having a relationship with the international corporation that buys out Gucci mm -hmm. and realizes that he's a business-minded person first. So when they offer him this job, he takes it. But also the Gucci's, they don't show this as much, but they kind of do. Like they make him do all their dirty work and they never listen to him. Like I felt a lot of sympathy for that character when I was reading the book because they just jerk him around all the time. Like they make mm -hmm. him move to New York for a while. He doesn't want to move to New York. Then they make him move back to Italy. But then he's already like made a family in New York and he marries this American woman. And in the movie, what they also talk about is how all of the investors, including Domenico, they totally buy into the vision of what Gucci is. And there is this scene where they show this investor and Maurizio gives him a shoe, a loafer, and they show how much he cares about the workmanship and the beauty of it. And in the book, they go into much more detail about how InvestCorp and Domenico de Sole are totally all in on the Gucci vision. And at a certain point, they recognize that the family is ruining it. So in a way, when they take over, they think that they're saving the company in spite of the family. Because the family is like they're so into stabbing each other in the back yeah. that they can't run a real business. Yeah, they're like poisoned. <clears throat> they are I mean, poisoned. I think Maurizio seemed to be on the right track. He just... But no, He's that not. was from the movie. They allude to that too. The book is totally business. So Maurizio sees what he wants and he wants to refine the vision of Gucci. So when he, so he's good at that. When he brings Tom Ford in to save the company, he makes like some really bold choices and he wants to get to a point where he's elevating the brand, but he doesn't understand business. So he just ends this whole profitable line that his uncle has created, but he doesn't have anything to fill in the gaps. And he throws a ton of money at stuff. Like the other thing I was hoping they would show in the movie is in the book, he and Patrizia buy this incredible yacht. And they have special branded clothes made for everyone in the family. And they bring a medium in to clear all of the curses from it. And he has this idea about pursuing some kind of racing career or something. He's in it for the beauty of it and the looks of it, but he's not business-minded at all. Well, he grew up with money was just yeah. like air. He doesn't they get just it. had so much money. And they criticized him for just buying tons of cars and spending a ton of money and not caring about if they had the money. And sp spending Gucci money that he shouldn't be spending. So that was his downfall. Yeah. That and being so cold to Patrizia. Yeah. I can see why that would drive her crazy. But, I mean, it wasn't that bad because he was going to take care of her financially. Again, the money didn't matter to him at all. He decides he wants to pursue another woman, the childhood friend, when they were running away from the Italian tax people, like he escaped on a motorcycle to Switzerland. It's confusing because her name's Paola, and oh, there's Paola. a Paolo, Paolo and a Paola, but it's Camille Cotin, who I was so happy she was in that. Patrizia comes, and after a bit, he just dismisses her. He's like, I'm going to send you back. He was just done with her and just threw her away like garbage. Like she was too pushy. She took everything way too far, but he was so cold at the end. He just threw her out. No discussion. There was a weird scene when he, like, put his hands around her neck. Mm -hmm. Like he was going to choke her or something. But he just didn't love her anymore and probably hadn't loved her for a long time. She's too different from him. Yeah. Their class differences were really apparent when they were at the ski They place. also, in the book, talk a lot about the difference between northern Italy and southern Italy. Tuscan. And, and, yeah. and in that he's really into this 
northern identity. And I actually think Florence is a place where he wanted Gucci to be headquartered, Florence or Milan. But all of their leather workers and stuff are in the south of Italy. And there's this tension between the two. And there's a class thing with that, too. Mm -hmm. And it's really clear that the Camille Cotin character is more northern. She's blonde. She's cold, Mm -hmm. you know. And Patrizia is kind of not that way. She's like a firecracker. She goes after what she wants. She's a spicy meatball. She's a spicy meatball. (laughs) Yeah, so she loses him. And then she has this psychic friend from the TV. In real life, who's a real bad influence? She gives her a lot of encouragement. But in the end, it seemed like I wasn't sure if it was her idea. But she definitely knew the hitman guys. Mm -hmm. And was one of the guys Sicilian? Mm -hmm. The guy who wouldn't talk? Mm Mm-hmm. And, okay, the investment company guys started out wearing track suits and stuff. Do you think they were like mafia guys? No. Why were they wearing track suits in the meeting? Because they're like rich guys. Okay, I thought that was weird. Are they Italian? No. I think the guy from InvestCorp, I want to say he's Iraqi or Saudi or something. Okay. His name in real life is Nimir Kirdar. I mean, once your business is bought by an investment company, I think you're out. Yeah. You're done. If it's not today, it's going to be in a little while. So Namir Kirdar was Iraqi. He was Iraqi and British. I don't oh, know. Okay. I think they're wearing like expensive tracksuits. Yeah. I was thrown off by that because I just wasn't sure if there was a mafia thing in this movie or not. That's just my stereotypes. I mean. Or if it was because Al Pacino was there a I lot. Know. I don't think so. I think the Iraqi guy, Nimir Kirdar, in the book, they interview him a lot. And he talks about being sort of seduced by Gucci and just finding it really beautiful and wanting it to grow. I don't know. See, for me, I wasn't seeing mafia. I was seeing all of my grandfather's old friends from when I was a kid. Mm. The Al Pacino character just reminded me so much of these old men who were friends with my grandfather, who also worked in design and had a very developed aesthetic sense and grew up in New York and just like had that brown skin and the cravats and the big hands and the pinky rings. And all of them had names like Bernie and, well, my grandfather's name was Bernard, but smoked cigars and talked really loud and, they were flashy guys. Yeah. My grandparents and were fancy. farmers. Yeah, they yeah. weren't like that. It's totally foreign to me. What did you think of Lady Gaga? I feel like she's really gunning for an award. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, I liked her fine. I thought she was good in the role. The whole movie, I'll just say, left me a little cold. Mm-hmm. It was not very emotional. No. I did not shed a tear. No. At all in, in this. It was fun the fashion stuff was fun to watch and the glamorous stuff was cool and sort of exciting but there was something missing heart or something it was just superficial or something there wasn't anyone to just love you didn't have a character that you fell in love with yeah i mean aldo was the best one but he was still kind of pathetic i guess and Maurizio, i loved his look i loved his look his clothes, his biking. His manicured hands. He was this beautiful very debonair. Manicured hands. He did what he had to do. I just don't have any feelings about the movie. Can you afterwards. talk afterwards? What do you think? I enjoyed watching it with you. Mm-hmm. 
And I enjoyed a few times you and I both looked at each other and like we're loving on a dress. Yes, yes, know? yes, yes. Or there was one dress that she wears when they go to see all of the craftsmen with Aldo. And it's this beautiful blue. Sh- I don't even like shirt dresses, but it's this beautiful blue shirt dress. And she's wearing it with a belt. And it has all these laser cut details in the bottom. So it looks like eyelet. It's the prairie style of the yeah. 80s. And you and I both looked at each other, like, though, and we're Yep, prairie dress. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I had this skirt, and it was in fifth grade or something. So I had this skirt. It had an underneath petticoat type of thing. White, and it was peach. So it was like a really full, long skirt. Just in the 80s when there was this gunny sack. It was giving me kind of a Laura Ashley feeling. Yeah, like Laura Ashley, just prairie. It was prairie style that just very briefly was popular in the 80s. I loved it. I loved that skirt. Oh, my gosh. I wish we still had it. But it was like a costume. And then Patrizia went all in on the 80s mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Maurizio didn't change his look at all. He was just in the suits and stuff but they're really good suits yeah, and he looks really nice. so elegant yeah and i feel like there's a few scenes too where he has some very expensive looking sweaters that he's wearing i was really into that and it reminded me too this sounds really bougie but i went to this international school and all of the italians really did look great and they had really great scarves and mm-hmm. sweaters and everybody else looked like a slob There was something about the food that they served at our boarding school that made you gain 10 pounds. I look at pictures of myself now and I, but for some reason it didn't affect the Italian students. And there was one in particular who had this beautiful, even though it was the mid nineties by this time, he had this beautiful feathered hair, kind of like Maurizio. Mm -hmm. And I always thought every time I sat near him in the cafeteria, he was like, you are such a slob and I am not, you know, but it reminded me of. I read an article of someone who was like living in Italy Every time her friends came over and they were going to go somewhere, they always said, are you going to wear that? Oh, like a thing we think is perfectly normal, like jeans and a shirt. And Yeah, I wonder if they've relaxed at all with the pandemic or anything, you know, fashion-wise with their dressing up. Think of how much you'd have to wear heels. I know. If you lived there. Like when they go to that farm to meet the craftsmen, she's walking around in the mud with those high heels on. Always heels on cobblestones. This is not even possible. You just don't put the heel part down. Mm-hmm. You're just on the bulbs of your feet. They're better people. I don't know if they're wise. better, but they definitely they dress better. Yeah. I enjoyed watching it. For Me sure. too. And now I just feel blank. Do you want to talk a little bit about all the different beautiful settings? Because there's sure. also, well, my favorite part, I don't know my favorite, it's my favorite part, but there's so many beautiful settings. When they go to New York, they live in this fabulous penthouse. There's a scene where he's taking pictures of her and there's like the storm coming up, but there you can see the New York skyline. And it's so different from Italy where the buildings are so much smaller and it, it looks so glamorous. But then this other scene where he's running from the Italian tax collectors and he ends up up in San Moritz in Switzerland where they have the chateau and the chateau is like fabulous and it's always just beautiful the offices and the spaces that they're in they're just it's a feast for the eyes yeah was there a couch that was actually in the shape of lips that Paola sits on and they're like joking about how expensive it is I think that's like a Salvador Dali couch oh really Mm -hmm. yeah there was a lot of art there was one scene I didn't like where Paolo pees on the scarf. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this really happened or not. Probably not. But I don't like that it was in the movie. 
Paolo brings his drawings to Rudolfo, and Rudolfo's like, you're an idiot, just forget it. Look at this scarf, this is what you need to be like. So when Rudolfo leaves, he puts the scarf on the floor and pees on it. And I just think that's gross. Mm-hmm. I don't want that in Mm-mm. a movie. So that grossed me out. I have a couple of beefs with it, I guess. I guess so. What about, Go what did you it. think of the music? I don't know. I don't remember. There did were, you like it? They play Donna Summer's oh, yeah, I Feel yeah. Love, and yeah. I love that song, and anytime I hear it, then I just want to hear it for the rest of the day. Yeah, that was great. It was good music, now that I'm thinking about it. Everything was right. There's a lot of good stuff in it. I didn't find the accents distracting at all. It didn't buy, except for Jared Leto. He was the worst. I don't know. I think my expectations were maybe too high. I feel kind of let down now. It didn't make you want to dress up and drink espresso or anything? I love the tiny cups they're always drinking out of. Of course it did, but maybe it's just the time of day. Yeah, we're not in the caffeine zone now. We're definitely in the evening zone. Are we ready to get Oh, Liz is ready for the comb rating. Okay, I do want to just say one other thing. Yeah, say other things. Okay, just this is the one other thing I want to say is that they were drinking Bloody Marys a lot. Aldo was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but they do too when they're at Christmas together in St. Mor- Moritz with the daughter. By the way, they had two daughters, so I don't know why they made it just one. I thought that oh, was no. weird. Yeah. It was the kind of thing where they have a baby and you see the baby and then you don't really see the baby again until yeah. she's like 15. Yeah. But in reality, they had two daughters, so I don't know why they only had one in the movie. So they're drinking Bloody Marys a lot, and I was wondering about that, because Americans drink Bloody Marys, and I only know this from living in England for years. I used to have this friend, my friend Vanessa, who was American, and we would go out, and I don't know why we got so stuck on having Bloody Marys, but every time we went to the pub, we would have to explain how to make a Bloody Mary, and most of the time, they would just give us a can of tomato juice and like a little bottle of Worcestershire sauce and lemons, and we would mix them ourselves because nobody knew how to make them. So maybe it's different in Italy, but I was so surprised by that. But also, it made me want to drink Bloody Marys, and now I've been drinking them a lot. You make your own? At home? or Well, yeah. I mean, nothing fancy. But I like clamato instead of tomato juice. Mm -hmm. So I was curious about whether Italians actually do drink a lot of Bloody Marys or if that was like an affectation from their New York time. Yeah, because I think the first time we saw a Bloody Mary was in New York. Yeah. Because Aldo had one. Yeah. So that was a question I had. And then the other thing was, I think that you were looking for this emotional core and you really wanted to tap in to what makes Maurizio Maurizio and you can't. But in the book, so in the movie, and I wondered if they cut some scenes out, but in the movie, there's a few times at the beginning when he's dating Patrizia and you see his chauffeur kind of tailing them a few times. Like mm-hmm. they go they go out in a boat and he's kind of watching and he smiles. And at first he seems almost like he might be kind of like a problem character, or like a bad guy. But in the book... He's so estranged from his father. His father's kind of cold and he's locked in the past. And the chauffeur plays kind of a father role for him. Like at one point when he's estranged from his father and he needs money, his chauffeur loans him money. And I did wonder if they had tried to build up that relationship in the movie and then just cut it out for time or something. Mm. Because Mm -hmm. I did think that would have given it a little more heart. And it just doesn't have a lot of heart. Maurizio is kind of a black box. It's really not from his perspective. No. It's from hers. Mm -hmm. It's not like he ever says anything. He doesn't talk a lot anyway, I don't Mm -hmm. think. He's just like, I'm done. He was ready to just leave his father to marry Patrizia when he wanted to. And And then he just left her. So he just seemed very cold. Yeah. You know what he's kind of like? What? 
Have you seen the way we were? Yes. I feel that in some ways he's Hubble and she's Katie. You know, Katie's always pushing, pushing, pushing. And Hubble's like, eh, I'm this handsome man and I don't, eh. Yeah, and she's wild. I'm just going to succeed in my mediocrity. She's uninhibited and he's, oh, I should be with And she push, push, pushes. Yeah. Yeah, I should be with like a blonde woman that doesn't ask any questions, which is what Paula was like. He shows up with a car and he's like, don't ask. She was obviously really rich too. She didn't need the money. What he liked about Patricia, then he didn't like it anymore. But I'm wondering if I should blame Ridley Scott. And I'm kind of curious to see The Last Duel and what I'm going to think of that. Oh my God. Is that our next movie? I'm fine with that. I actually think maybe that makes sense. Just get it over with. And it's two sides of the same coin. Like we filmed those back to back. I think we should because we did all the Star Wars in a row and this is the Ridley Scott chapter. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Okay, last duel will be next. It'll be after the holidays because you're going to go on a trip and then you're probably going to have to quarantine for like three weeks after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, let's hope not. I don't <laughs> think kidding. so. Just That's not a funny joke. I mean, we have to take a test when we get back and then we'll probably wait a few days and take another one, but I think we'll be okay. I feel like with your Florida trip, you're just going to the hot zone again. Yeah. I mean, this is We are zone. the hot zone. We're a hot zone. But I feel like Britain is like the other hot zone. It's just so crowded there. But it's going to be a great time. Yeah. I mean, God willing. Inshallah. One other thing. So you read a lot about House of Gucci. Well, I read the book. Yeah. yeah, And like reviews and stuff. And I I read nothing. I didn't read Wikipedia or anything because we are recording pretty quick after. What did the reviews say? Campy. Yeah. Which I'm here for that. I don't mean to be down on it. It must just be that tax situation. Yeah, I think that that's really <laughs> it's too fresh. cutting in for you. Yeah. It's really coloring your... I mean, for me, thinking about clothes always lightens it up a little bit. Can can you focus on any of the beautiful clothes that you saw? I'll try. Maybe I just will have to see it again. Maybe. I'm sure it will be like on HBO Max in 10 days or something. So mm-hmm. just try watching it again. Any other moments? I'm trying to, to think you? of other clothes that I like. Did you like their fashion show? I love Tom Ford. I love how he really comes across as he makes it really like a sexy brand instead of kind of an older old lady brand. And But it was still really tailored, mm-hmm. like these tailored jackets, but with they would Sex. be like naked underneath. I feel like, like the thing yeah. or pants like, like he has with th- no nothing on your butt. Yeah, underneath. There's a story I don't know if it's in that book or something else I read. But where he had a model going down with assless chaps and he personally waxed the model's butt because there was hair showing. Oh, wow. That was before a model would know she had to wax. It was a man. And he waxed. He had butt hair. He could do it all. Tom Ford. Mm -hmm. He could wax. Mm -hmm. He could design. It was kind of like a Shakespearean thing where just everyone is stabbing their family members in the back. And then Maurizio ends up dead. Do you think maybe it made you feel bad because you're thinking about family right now and the holidays are coming up and that is a family who's so horrible to each other? It just felt like it left me cold yeah. in the end. I like the rise and I really didn't like the whole Paolo thing. You felt bad for Paolo. Oh, I just thought it was a really bad performance. Made the movie more silly. I was disappointed also that I thought that Patrizia was going to be in a white snowsuit Mm-hmm. But it was the other lady. Well, she had candy apple red. She was in red? Yeah. She's wearing suit? like a bright red. Oh, okay. I thought 
that she was in white. I don't know what I'm going to give those for combs. Are you going to give it five? So I still get confused about what our scale is, but if it's five, I'm going to give it three. Three out of five. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it three out of five. It's fun to see. Great hair, great yeah. costumes, great locations. It was a great outing mm -hmm. to go see a movie. But, you know, maybe it was a little bittersweet, too, because we've spent two years not doing anything. It's exciting to then go out and do something. Yeah. But there's a little flavor of the tragedy behind why it's exciting to go to a movie. Mm -hmm. Like maybe that shouldn't be so exciting. We've gotten our hopes up so many times that mm -hmm. the pandemic was going to be over. I sort of can't feel the hope anymore. It's just been too long. We've been talking about it for so long. It's hard not to... You're making me think, actually, of a Lady Gaga. The last time when I saw A Star is Born, I saw that in a movie theater. Uh -huh. And I went with Robin, friend of the show. And we went to the Riverview, and it was packed with women. And they all were crying when, spoiler, what's-his-name dies. But it was so great because I felt like we were all together. It's the way you're supposed to feel when you see it mm -hmm. you're in a movie, when you're all together with people and you're feeling the same thing at the same time. We weren't feeling a lot of feelings, and we were the only two people in there, so we didn't have that shared experience that you want to have from a movie. Right. I wonder how it would have felt different if it was in a full theater. We probably would have been miserable because we'd be so worried. I saw Stars Born on a plane. Oh, and you cried, I bet. Oh, my God. I was destroyed. I couldn't shake it, and I was visiting family and stuff, but the whole first day, I felt like half of my brain was still obsessed with A Star is Born the entire time. So that was like way more emotional. Airplanes have that effect though. We've talked yeah. about this, right? I don't oh. know if we have, but it's... There's something that happens, like the air is too thin or something, so your brain gets soft or something. And, and you it... have no control. Yeah. Your brain gets soft? I don't really know, but it yeah. is a studied phenomenon that, because I always cry when I watch movies on the plane too. I cry at movies so easily. So it's kind of weird when I don't. So Hasabuchi, just nothing. You know what? No feelings. Yeah. yeah, I get that. I felt that way when I went to see Lady Bird. Okay. Did you see that movie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to cry. I was ready to cry. I thought, this is about a mother and a daughter. I am going to cry my eyes out. And I didn't. I felt yeah. I was totally dry-eyed. And I go there. We watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And I cried my eyes out. That movie's about family. And I yeah. was so surprised. I've probably talked about this on our podcast before. I think... I don't want it to be that you're depressed. I don't want you to be depressed about COVID and movies. I want it to be that you're building it up in your head and it just wasn't the experience you were expecting. I guess, yeah. Am I depressed? <laughs> well, that one thing you said kind of sound. I mean, aren't we all low-key depressed right now? Yeah. Yeah, just like going to a movie and then you did it and that's a major thing, but it's not the same. Like You can't just not think about if people are wearing masks or not. Yeah, maybe I'm kind of coming down from doing something that we haven't done for so long. Yeah, it's going to be a big transition to try to start doing stuff again. You know what? What? It's probably how Maurizio felt when he finally had control of the Gucci empire and it wasn't everything he thought it would be. I just can't imagine how he came into the room after their big success, their big show, and then they give him the papers to sign to surrender his shares. That was so cold-hearted. They were way more cold-hearted than Maurizio. I didn't feel that way. I sympathized with them. You did? Mm-hmm. Because of reading the book and... 
I don't think they ever come across as cold-hearted. I think that they're logical and practical and measured. And pragmatic. Pragmatic. And he is not. Yeah, it just made it seem like he didn't have any warnings. And he probably did. I think he probably did. I really liked Domenico. Is it Domenico? Yeah. His reading glasses that he was wearing. Mm-hmm. He was kind of the handsome man in this movie. I thought he looked like Tom Ford. Yeah, there were a lot of men in this movie. Maybe that's why you didn't like it. I mean... And Adam Driver wasn't the the handsome man. He was a handsome man in it. Well, I'll have to reflect on this. I wonder if I'll have a correction next time we record. But I'll give it three combs as well. Just right in the middle. If you really love clothes, you should see it. If you really love Italy, you should see it. Mm -hmm. If you really love Adam Driver, you should probably see it. Or Lady Gaga. I don't think you have to see the movie. I enjoyed the movie. I'm so glad we got to go together. Yeah. And that brought me joy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's almost Christmas. I feel like I'm hearing rain or something because there's going to be 80 mile an hour winds and tornadoes in the state possibly tonight. We better get you home before you get blown away. So thanks for listening to episode 18. I hope it wasn't too much of a bummer. I'm sorry. Did I make it a bummer? I don't think you made it a bummer, but I want you to revel in the lighthearted parts of it instead of getting sad about the world. Where was the joy? I want it to be an escape for you. You know what's going to really cheer me up? The last duel. Yep, the last (laughs) duel. Next time on Designated Driver. Happy holidays. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.